0: on today's episode of locked on 76ers paul reed we've been waiting to figure out what's going to happen well the offer sheet was presented by the utah jazz the sixers had the right to match by sunday night and they did it are you surprised was this the right move well we'll discuss it next right here locked on 76ers
1: you are locked on 76ers your daily philadelphia 76ers podcast part of the locked on podcast network Your team, every day.
0: Welcome, you are locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5, the Fanatic Radio, here in Philadelphia, alongside my co-hosts and partners, always from The Inquirer and TheInquirer.com. He is keith pompey we thank you for making locked on 76 as your first listen every day we are free and available wherever you get your podcast and right here on youtube and part of the locked on podcast network your team every day keith what's happening man what's good bro
1: how you been man you
0: so much man how was your weekend it was pretty good it was
1: cool it was cool
0: we had a lot of rain true. this weekend huh i know yeah good for the grass <laughs> <laughs> No question, I don't mind it. It doesn't bother me like it bothers a lot of people. So as long as it doesn't flood anywhere and knock people's power out, I'm all good. But uh glad you had a good weekend. Hope everybody out there had a good weekend. Also, we want to get into Paul Reed. He is back. No worries, folks. You didn't lose all of your free agents, and for a lot of people, the most important free agent uh for the uh, off season in terms of bringing back, outside of the James Harden piece, of course. I'm speaking of the other four free agents coming into the start of free agency for the 76ers. Paul Reed is back. We'll get into that. Secondly, what does it mean for all of the big men now on the roster after Embiid? Three for sure. How do they fit in overall? What does this mean for all of them? Could this be setting something up for later? And finally, we'll talk about the debut. Speaking of big men, the number one overall pick for this year's NBA draft from the San Antonio Spurs Victor Wembanyama a little bit of an up and down debut for the big man we'll get into him later on here on Locked on 76ers but Keith let's start with Paul Reed with Paul Reed he had signed a 3 year 23 to 24 million dollar offer sheet with the Utah Jazz uh over the weekend and with it uh the Sixers had the right to match by late Sunday night they did so right around 10.30 uh, hit before hitting the 11 o'clock mark. Uh, on the clock, man, Eastern Standard Time. And when it first dropped, I'm like, there's no way Daryl Morey is going to match this. And, uh, well, he did. I didn't think he would. I didn't think. I, I thought, of course, that it was set up a certain way to make it difficult for the 76ers to do so. And, I honestly, I was a little surprised that Daryl Morey did it. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, I, I am too. I mean, but 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 not because of, um, nothing. Nothing against Paul Reed. I think that they always wanted to keep him. I just felt like the, the stipulations in the contract or the way the contract is uh, is like is three years, twenty three million. You know, is going to eat up the salary cap a lot of the luxury tax. Like for instance, you know, if Paul Reed right now. You know, this, the luxury tax is what threshold is 152, 155.2 million, right? And the Sixers will incur a, an additional 14 million hit and in, in luxury tax penalties by matching it, right? So right now they're at 171 million, right? Now when you look at it, the way they had it set up is Paul Reed has veto power on his contract for the first year. And if the Sixers make it to the second round of this year's playoffs, the following two seasons are guaranteed at 15.7 mil. So when you hear that, you to the point, you're saying to yourself like. 15.7 mil in total. Over the in next total, years. yeah. Yeah, for the next two years. So when you hear stuff like that, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's kind of sort of mm-hmm. like. They can't match that. Even mm-hmm. what they said, you can't match that. But hey, they kept saying like they were going to do it and they did it. But I also feel like they had to do it, D. I do. Like, I feel like once, when you base off of social media and the outcry of the fans, it was one of those things where everyone was saying, y'all better match it. Y'all better match it. They looked at Paul, they looked at all the other guys who the Sixers said they were going to bring back or they intended to bring back, went on to other teams and got huge paydays. And I feel like it was one of those things where, yo, Paul Reed benefited from the disdain that the fans had. Now I know you're not supposed to do stuff for the fans, but at the same time, the fans were livid and they were upset and they wanted Paul Reed to come back. And I felt like he benefited from that, man. I do because of everybody else who left. And and I felt like if he would have left, it would have been a lot of fans, like, I'm done with Daryl Morey. I'm done with the Sixers. Like, you guys just keep letting this talent walk. For what? So you can save money. Do you want to save money or do you want to win a
0: championship? And I feel like Paul Reed benefited from that. Well, I mean, you might be right. Uh, the fact that, yeah, that he is back and the number numbers so weird with the language. And, look, the Sixers have made the second round five, five of the last six seasons in the postseason season. So there's a good chance that they could do that again. I mean, you're still looking at the same starting five. You still do have your six-man and your first big off the bench in Paul Reed, six-man and DeAnthony Melton. And you just added a few more pieces that are still talented. Uh, they're just taking over for a couple of guys that, as you mentioned, the intent was there to bring them back, and there were some that the fan base maybe wanted back. Uh, but overall, I just thought it was an interesting way for the contract to be done. Uh, The fact that you mentioned all the salary cap implications are very, very important here because of the fact that they are now into the luxury tax. Unless they make some movement off of someone else, Keith, they still have two open roster spots, two open roster spots. You can still sign up. Uh, They still have room for a veteran minimum. Uh, The mid-level exception hasn't been uh, touched yet. So I'm very curious to see how this impacts the rest of the offseason and certainly if, in fact, something does happen in terms of trades with maybe someone in the starting five or someone off the bench like for kind of miles with his five million, five plus million dollars to see where it goes. But, yeah, Paul Reed has nothing to do with the players, more about the money. I really didn't think he would get something close to um, this kind of number. Not to say he's not good enough, just wasn't sure if they would go into that number if we're looking at it on on annual value terms. Just looking at eight million dollars per season, was Paul Reed going to get that? I wasn't quite sure, honestly. But here we are, and we talked about it before. Where you saw someone like uh, Jock Landale, uh, the Suns had him under contract as a qualifying offer and a, a free agent. And then at the last minute, they renounced his rights and they let him leave. And when he left, he went to the Houston Rockets, signed a four-year, $32 million extension with the first year being guaranteed at $8 million. Years two, three, and four, there are some things in there language-wise that that doesn't guarantee those three years. So going off of that, going off of Drew Eubanks, where you see some, some numbers out there and a few other backup big men around the league, this was because of what Paul Reed has been for the last two seasons. And specifically in the postseason as the primary backup to Joel Embiid, this was probably based on some of those numbers that we saw from a, from those other players around the league with their with their respective teams. So I guess we shouldn't be all that shocked there. But the language, yeah, and how the numbers break down from year one through three, uh, somewhat surprising overall. But good for Paul Reed. Good for Paul Reed. You, um, we talk about making changes. And where there don't necessarily need to be changes. And it's good to see uh, a guy come back. Comfortability with the city, the organization, his teammates. Now he has to just go out there and make sure he performs under his new head coach. Where he still gets that nod as the first, potentially the first big off the bench. And is there some versatility where we see him also at the four man and not just the five. So good for Paul Reed. Good for the Sixers. Uh, They keep their seven guys intact. And uh, we'll get into next with the other three big men, or just these three big men in general coming off the bench, what this means. Heck, we said seven, eight intact, including Montrez Harrell. We'll see what his role is, Mobamba, Paul Reed, all of it next, right here on Locked On 76ers. And as we sit here right now, we are in the dead of summer. And it's hot. You're dealing with all the heat, but you're also having a good time and running out there, spending time with family and friends and maybe some barbecues some cookouts and all. And you're getting together and you're getting some food. You're picking up some burgers, hot dogs for a summer cookout get together. You know you're already doing it. So why not get some cash back with it from Ibotta? It's officially summer and a new season means new clothes, new food, right? All in there. Kids are at home maybe a little bit longer. They're eating up all the food uh, as you have them in the house. Well, take advantage of, again, from Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta. User earns $120 per year. You know you could use that, right? I know I could. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use your cash back to buy that flight that you've been eyeing, maybe sometime next month uh, before the summer ends, or that game you're dying to attend, or fancy dinner you've been craving, whatever it is. Other apps, they give you points that don't amount to much, but with iBody, you get real cash back that can cash that you can cash out at your bank account, PayPal or even gift cards. You earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too. When you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's for some uh, things you might want to address around the home. Macy's again, that item, that clothing that you may have been eyeing and also Sephora that you may want to buy for uh, one of your loved ones for maybe a birthday or such best buy that new television, whatever it is much, much more is there right, right now. Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying just for trying ibotta using the code locked when you register just go to the app store or google play store and download the free ibotta app and use code Locked. that's ibotta i-b-o-t-t-a in the google play or app store and use code locked thanks for making locked on 76ers your first listen every day every day is tomorrow on the show well the summer sixes keep us busy so we'll talk about the team overall, maybe get into some more summer league action as they have shift shifted from Salt Lake City to Las Vegas and uh check in on the summer sixers. We'll do that tomorrow, right here on Locked On 76ers. Well, Keith, behind the MVP, Joel Embiid, at the five spot, you have three big men for sure. Um, don't all have to play the five, but we have seen them play the five. Uh, we can get into we can get into uh, what this now means uh, for the 76ers and the big men overall, Paul Reed, Mo Bamba, Montrez Harrell, and maybe the young guy that we've talked about in the past, Philippe Petrusev. Now, I, always, I have, we have to check on Petrusev, Petrusev. That's all good. Uh, the pronunciation of his name, Petrusev. Uh, three potentially four big men behind Joel and B. Uh, I mean, yes, you want some big man depth. It's not out of the ordinary to have three big men behind your starting man, your starting five. But uh, what does this mean for these guys, Keith, behind Joel and B? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's it's going to be a logjam, right? Um, you know, but you you look at it. Last year, let's they 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 did have four centers last year. They had four centers last year. They at the end of the season, you had Dwayne Detman, you had uh, Paul Reed. And, and you had Montrez. I, I feel like you look at Montrez or you, uh, uh, or, or Paul Reed, um, one of the two, I, I think more so Montrez can, can kind of sort of slide over to be a utility four for him. You know what I mean? Like a utility guy. I don't expect him to get a lot of burn. I don't. Like I don't, you know, but, but I expect him to come in and be a situational guy to get in. Now, Petra said that's the one that might be in trouble, because when you look at it, it could be, hey, you got three options. Hey, bro, we might be able to sign you to a two way. Right. I mean, but in order to do that, they'll probably have to release one of the guys who they have to a two way and maybe convert them to a a, a a standard NBA contract. One of their wings. Right. With regards the wings. Or or you could do what Petra said, you can you can stash him again. Or you can just wave him. Hey, come out, come to report the training camp. We'll see what happens, see how it goes. If it doesn't work out, we'll just wave you. And they'll look at it as if like he was a second round pick. I believe he was taking number fifty two. And you'll say, We we Unfortunately, it just didn't work out. We had him for two years overseas and we felt like he didn't develop the way that we thought, you know what I mean? So that could be an option, but, you know, I, I look at it as, as one of the things is it an ideal situation. No, it's not. You, it, even with four centers, you got one too many for a position that only one person is basically on the floor at the same time. So you're going to have to have some type of uh, flexibility. But at the same time, you look at this, somebody, not Paul Reed and and, and uh, maybe Montrez for the most part, could be, if they do make a trade, he could be going with James Hart. I mean, yeah, with Harden on, on his way out. So there are some options.
0: Yeah, look, and like you mentioned, it's not something that we haven't seen before with four big men on the roster overall. You're just going to sit there and rot. He just, he's just going to be there. You're not going to play much. So that's where the uh, Petrusev piece comes in here with him of the uncertainty of where he could be. And as you just mentioned, the possibilities of maybe one of these players being involved in some sort of deal uh, if they have to go in that direction uh, overall. Because you're looking at the the overall roster 15 uh, that you would have. Of course, you can carry 17 plus the two-way players. You can have three A players this season. But it's just a guy who's going to be sitting there in the uniform. Uh, On the end of the bench, in in that case, so not uncommon. It's not something that's out of the ordinary, but we know Joel Embiid also plays thirty plus, thirty five plus minutes a night, and and unless it's a situational thing where we're looking at it, uh, not necessarily Swiss Army knife type of big men. Mobamba can; he's the only one that could really step out away from the basket and shoot the basketball. With Reed and Montrez Harrell more interior players and we know Montrez Harrell can get his own shot with Paul Reed has to rely on others to really uh, help him get his Uh, but for the most part they have a different they have three different types of backups behind Joel Embiid where Nick Nurse will have to figure that part out but I'm sure they discussed all of this especially with the roster spots going with uh, three big men behind them and potentially a a fourth so we'll see how it all plays out over the offseason but Paul Reed In fact, back as a 76er. Keith, in the final segment, man, let's talk about another big man who's making waves, of course, as the number one overall pick, Victor Wembenyama of the San Antonio Spurs, making his debut over the weekend. Uh, Some ups and some downs. That's not unusual for a rookie in the NBA. And it's only Summer League. So you know it's going to be tough when things get started during the regular season. And also, an in season tournament? It's here. Who asked for this? Let's talk about it next final segment locked on seventy sixers Welcome back. Locked on 76ers. Keith Pompey, Devon Givens here with you. And Keith, let's start with Victor Wembanyama, man. Uh, debut, uh, not so great. Not so great. First time out for Victor Wembanyama. Under 10 points. I believe he finished with eight points, nine rebounds in his debut. Uh, he was dunked on and he was dropped to the floor as they played the Charlotte Hornets. And I think it was Kai Jones got him on the dunk. Brandon Miller, the number two overall pick behind Victor Weminyama. He dropped him on a, on a move that made him lose his balance and, you know, dropped him to his, to his seat on the floor. It was a really nice play. And uh, he also got chopped in the face. He didn't understand what happened. And he was just made, being made a, a, a joke of uh, as he played on Friday night in his debut. And then I'll top it off, the whole Britney Spears piece of it, had Britney Spears fans coming after him, and everybody was making jokes. But then he bounced back, Keith. He, he had a big game on Sunday night uh, in his second time out, as he played much, much better for the San Antonio Spurs. What did you make of his uh, his first weekend uh, of NBA basketball, albeit summer league?
1: You know, I was impressed by what he did in the second game. Um, not by, Same. Yep. yeah, yeah, be, because. That shows you why they drafted him, and what I mean by that is he has a bad game. You're allowed to have a bad game, right? And especially when you're the guy and everybody's coming at you. Like, you know what I mean? You got some of these dudes; they want to post them, they want to embarrass him, they want to do whatever. You know, he was the first overall pick. How come I wasn't the first pick? Or, or I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dunk on him to make to make a name for myself, but. Typically, the, the heart and and, and the, uh, the fire and all that other stuff was shown in that second game because he didn't hide. He came back and he did what he was supposed to do. Now, when you look at this guy, he is a unicorn. And the thing is, yes, he did shoot the ball poorly at times. He was getting moved off the block. But the one thing that um, stood out to me in the first game and impressed me in the first game was his dribbling, and his his basketball IQ, and the way that he was finding teammates. You know, when we look at that, he's going to go there where Greg Popovich, the, not the greatest coach, but the winningest coach of all time, um, who's going to get him in situations. We'll see him being utilized like Kevin Durant. Now, for people who think that when Kevin Durant first came here, they forget that this guy could barely bench 135 pounds, right? So I feel like we got to give this guy time. Yes, it, it he did look bad that first game. He showed improvement the second one, but I think we got to give him time and you got to realize that the Spurs are going to put him in a great situation and have people on the floor with him that's going to be able to do the dirty work that he's is having to do now in the summer league. So I feel like, he'll be fine.
0: I think so too. Uh, I agree with you that the bounce back in game number two was, it was important for him. I mean, it wasn't something that was uh, going to define his entire summer and certainly not his NBA career, but it was important for him to come back. He, he said he didn't, he, he said in his comments after game one, I didn't really know what I was doing out there. And I was surprised that, well, he seems like a very honest person. I was surprised that he said that. And I'm sure the PR team was like, ah, don't say that. Uh, but, In in any event, number one pick, you're always going to have the target on you. You, They're going to come after you. They're going to come after you, and they're going to come after you on waves. And they're going to try to put you on the poster. And you're 7'4", 7'5", big man. You're going to try to block shots, and sometimes you're going to miss where they got a dunk on you. That's just part of being a big man or a defender in general that is not afraid to challenge people. And uh, with him and all the fanfare, everybody seeing him play against the G League team Ignite, seeing his highlights from overseas, yeah everybody wants to see it that's why they were lining up at 3 a.m from uh late Friday night into early Saturday I mean late Thursday night into early Friday morning uh to see him for the first time but it was important for him though to have it that way play out that way where he did have a a very good game in game number two there's still a lot of things I want to see from him but look we're talking about a rookie coming in where he's not a finished product so it was good to see him bounce back. I'm, I'm very intrigued to watch him this season, and I will pay attention to what he's doing for the rest of the summer league for however many games he plays just to kind of get a glimpse of who this player is, the type of impact he has. He had a crazy offensive rebound put back dunk that I thought he didn't even bring the ball down, which I loved. Uh, kept the ball high, similar to what we want to see Joel Embiid do sometimes and not bring the ball down, making himself smaller and have players swiping at the basketball and, and cutting it loose. But overall, good for Victor and Yama. It's some good talent in the Summer League, right, man?
1: Yeah, it is. It's some good talent in the Summer League. But you know what? One thing, I like, not to go off subject a little bit, this Summer League is scary to me, man. Like, I'm looking at these injuries and stuff like that, and I'm like, oh, is it is it really wise to be playing in this? I mean, because I get it. I understand what Summer League is about. But this year, particularly, you got Scoot Henderson. You you have one of the twins that, uh, what's their last name? But you, you know what I'm Thompson. talking
0: about?
1: Yeah, the Thompson twins. One of them got injured. Then you're seeing other people. And like every time uh, Wembley would grab a rebound in the first game, it looked like he's about to twist his ankle. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, I know basketball is basketball, but I don't know. It just seems kind of.
0: Uh, well, I don't think they'll play every game. So yeah, that, they're not. But it's just better, not. it better better to make it easier for you. Huh? I said maybe that'll make it easier for you. They won't play every game. Well,
1: yeah, it's it's they won't make it every game, but the problem is with the summer league, it's kind of like um, you know, I don't know. it's it's it's, it's like it's it, I like it and I and I like I what, it, it, what it is, okay. but it is it, why, it's why risk be something it, different. Man? Yeah, why I mean, you know, why risk something? I mean, especially with you got certain dudes who you know ain't gonna make the roster and some of them trying to like. Go out there and prove themselves, and I don't know. I, I, I to me, it's just kind of,
0: kind of well, scary to, to get a glimpse of who they are a little bit. Give them some run against some, some of the other talent that they were just drafted with in the class, or even last year's class, or if they're playing their third year, starting their third year, but they need some runs from their team. That's, that's where I see it. And in the end, for me, Keith, and I, and I, and I understand exactly where you're coming from. But for me, it's, it's basketball. Uh, It can happen anytime. Like you said, it looked like he was going to twist his ankle every time he came down for a rebound. That's just because of his frame and nothing else, just because he's so thin. So basketball is basketball. Injuries can happen at any time. But But I do agree with you in the sense that since it is some league and we've seen this pattern before, there's no doubt load management for these top rookies when it comes to and even the second year players where you talked about Isaiah Joe last year, right, Keith, playing really well. But he also got shut down at some point because he was playing so well. So the same thing will probably happen with these top players as they're high draft picks. They will be shut down by their teams. Give them a little bit. Don't give them a lot. See you in training camp. And these guys are always working out all summer. So give them a little bit of a break where you're not taxing them too much. All right. Uh, final one, man, before we step away, the in-season tournament was uh, announced. And uh, uh, Keith, I, you explain it. I don't like it. Uh, I didn't ask for this. Uh, yes, I am a guy who is a traditionalist when it comes to the, the NBA or sports in general, but I don't mind change. This in-season tournament, I, I look, I got used to the play-in tournament that has worked out. Has It been, has been entertaining. Uh, but this in-season tournament that ends up in Las Vegas at some point during the season for the final four teams for the right to win the in-season crown. All right, man, explain this, the in-season tournament and the pool that the 76ers are in with four other teams.
1: Um, Yeah, the in-season tournament, what's going to happen is they're going to play these games on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays um, beginning, I, I believe is what, November the 3rd? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the Sixers, and so that they'll they'll play the games on Tuesdays and Thursdays on November the third, um, and it will cu- culminate in Las Vegas in early December. The semifinals are scheduled for December the seventh, and the championship game is set two days later. So what's going to happen is it's going to be a home and home up and up until like the, the the semifinals, and what they'll start off they'll start off with pool play. Right. And it will be a two month tournament. So, what they'll have is they'll have uh, um, a group play and knockout rounds, which is similar to like soccer's um, World Cup competition. Right. So, now in the Sixers group play, it will be the 76ers, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Hawks, the Pacers, and the Pistons. So, let's just say the Sixers are heavily favored. And the way the reason why they do that. What they is, they're actually going to be six groups. Like all 30 teams were randomly drawn into six groups of five within their conference based on last season's win-loss
0: records. Mm-hmm. So the
1: Sixers were the third best team in the league. So they're, you know, they in group A in the East, East Group A. So
0: it's, how- it's one that favors them if you look at it from you know, based on team wise and what we've seen last season.
1: Yeah, because the Sixers last year, you look at it, the Sixers finished 54 and 28 last season um with the conference's third best record the Cavs were 51 and 31 are the are the uh, only other pool team coming off a winning season Mm -hmm. the Hawks were 44 and 44 while the Pacers finished 35 and 47 the Pistons had the league's worst record at 17 and 65 right so now D this is what happened in group play each team will play four designated group games. It will be one against each group opponent with two games at home and two on the road, road right? The games will be played every Tuesday and Thursday, third Tuesday and Friday, I'm sorry, from November 3rd to November the 28th and what will be called tournament nights. The winners of the six groups and two wild card teams will advance to the single elimination knockout round. Right, so that's where the court and the quarterfinals will be played on the team's market. You know, the number one team's market on or the the favorite team's market on December the fourth and December the fifth before the tournament heads to Vegas for the final four. I don't like it, D. I don't like it at all. Like you said, it too. Um, to me, it's but to me is is I don't like it, but I'm willing to give it a chance if that makes sense because I didn't like how they changed certain formats in the All-Star game. I didn't like other things that they did. I didn't like the play-in tournament. Um, It seems to me everything is geared towards television now. Like, you know, we got to get – they're paying all this money. We got to get this viewership up. Um, And the biggest question mark that I have, D, is, okay, so are you going to be able – you're not going to be – because all these games are going to count towards Rager's the 82-game standing, all besides the final, mm-hmm. right? So the teams who make it to the finals are essentially playing an 83-game schedule, but that one game is the final is going to be an exhibition game. So are, does that mean, like, it's going to be a little break or something, or you're going to or, – or what you're going to do at the back end of the season, you're going to have to basically redo the schedule? Because there are going to be certain teams that are going to be missing several games. So are you just going to – how are you going to work that out? So yeah, like- because you're talking
0: about normally we get our 82-game schedule. That's the schedule. Yeah. Now you got to mix in this play-in tournament, and as you mix in the play-in tournament, you're right. If you advance to the finals um, in December, it, that may, that's not necessarily part of the schedule. No,
1: nah, nah, because that's, yeah, none of that is. None of it is. Yeah. None of it is. So it's like, you know, what are we going to do? Are we just going to get the two month schedule or we get like, I mean, it's going to be crazy, you know, because there are going to be certain teams that are like, wow, while wow, this is going on. I can't, I can't, again, it's Tuesday and whatever. Right. I, I get that, but there are going to be certain games. that are going to have to be made up. It's going to have to be made up. You know, I, you know, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. The NBA used to be sacred to me. And now it's kind of
0: like. Um, I think, yeah, I'm not a fan of it. Adam Silver over is, you know, interested in the European things of uh, soccer where they've, you know, implemented some of the things from what are you seeing in soccer, bringing that to, to basketball over here in the States. And again, I don't mind change with certain things, but again, this one wasn't really necessary. We didn't, didn't ask for this. So I, they made a big production about it. They announced it in Las Vegas. They had some of the players who were there uh, on stage to unveil the, the tournament cup and whatever, you know, it was called a cup. And of course this comes from a lot of stuff that we see in the uh, European sports where they have cups as, as their trophies and whatever, we're going to have to get used to it. We're going to have to deal with it and not the biggest fan of it. Not the biggest fan now could be. Could be swayed based on how it plays out, how the fan involvement goes, the fact that these guys play so hard against one another, and uh, also the winner. Each 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 player from the team, each winner gets what one hundred thousand uh, dollars if they win. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great incentive. No, no, no. If they win, if they win, they get five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand. They get, get, 000, they get yeah. split it amongst the the players or something. Nah, they
1: all get five hundred
0: thousand. Oh, five hundred thousand. I missed yeah. that part. All right. I guess I didn't care enough about it to read that far. Well, this how it goes: the winning, the players on the winning team,
1: the winning championship, get five hundred thousand dollars a piece. The that's losing team,
0: the young players.
1: Yeah, that's good. The losing team in the championship get two hundred thousand. The teams that lose in the in the semifinals get a hundred
0: thousand. The teams that lose in the quarterfinals get fifty thousand. Well, I guess in terms of the young players and all the ones who don't make big money, that's that's a nice thing from them. That's something that they would have to do anyway, because again, these players didn't ask for it. And then you got a break and go to Las Vegas for the championship. Look, they travel all year round or all season long, but this is something totally uh, off, and it, it's what it is. It's what they do. They change things and they try to try to ju- juice up the sport even more, but. In this particular case, I didn't think it was necessary. All right, man, that'll do it for us here on Locked On 76ers. We thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. Uh, we'll tell you what Mo Bamba and Patrick Beverly had to say as they will be introduced as the newest members of the Philadelphia 76ers. Keith, do you mind letting the good folks know where they can find us?
1: Yeah, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts at. It's free and available. You can also follow us on our YouTube channel. Locked on 76ers YouTube. But when you do that, make sure you click on the Liberty Bell. That makes you, um, allows you to become a new subscriber. And secondly, um, you'll get notifications when we have our podcast. And make sure you follow my man D on Twitter at Divine G975. Follow him tonight on the Divine Giving Show from 6 to 10 p.m. Also, follow me on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers, and you can read my articles and inquire.com inquire with an i inquire.com and by purchasing a philadelphia
0: inquire well thanks everybody for listening and watching keith talk to you tomorrow man all right bro peace all right